This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Was on me to say like, hey, I love you, but I need space because when I think of you, I think of him. Right. And I'm not mad at you for staying with him. Like, I'm happy for you. It's just really hard for me. Hey, guys, it's Alana, and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real-life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again. All right. Hey, guys. It's Alana. Welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. We are doing things a little differently today. I have my friend Jamie with me here, and there's a lot that we're going to talk about. Jamie... Is there a lot that we're going to talk about or what? There's a lot to unpack here. There's so <laughs> much. First of all, thank you for being here, Jamie. And can you introduce yourself and, and tell the people who you are? Sure. My name is Jamie. I live in the city. I am semi-recently engaged. Um, no, we're, we're, I mean, you're getting married in a few months. We're in the we're at the midpoint of the engagement into the wedding. You're six months out. Six months out. Wow. Less than six months out. A few days shy of six months out. Oh my God. How does it feel? It feels good. I mean, I'm still in that lull period. You know, the first few weeks that you get engaged, you're scrambling and booking all your vendors and stuff like that. And I kind of went a little crazy and booked all my vendors in like one week. And now I've been a sitting duck for the last like eight months. 
And I think now's the time when I'm starting to pick it back up because I'm a teacher off for the summer. Yeah, that you are. We, we appreciate the work you do for America's youth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so Jamie is engaged. She's getting married in December. We are very, very excited. Jamie, how long ago did you and your fiance meet? Um, It's been a little... Like almost four and a half years that we've been seeing each other. Shit. I know. It's That's been a crazy. long time. That is a long time. Yeah. We still like each other. So I'm happy about that. I love that for you. <laughs> How did you and Steven meet? Well, Alana was actually there when we met. That I was. Um, Alana was seeing other people. <laughs> and um, she was seeing someone that is friends from high school with my fiance. And Alana begged me to go do karaoke with her. And... I said no. And then she asked me to please come, please come. Yeah. It's funny because it was like the beginning. We weren't in a relationship yet. It was like our first actual yeah. date ever. And then we like wanted to do something after with friends. So we were like forcing our friends to come to karaoke with us so that we wouldn't have to like talk to each other alone. Yeah. So we met at a karaoke bar and um, right away, you know, we we didn't discuss it, but we were relatively exclusive right away. And then he was, I'd make fun of him for it now, but he was a really terrible dater as Alana can remember where I never knew where we stood. And it was because he just had never been in a relationship before. And so he didn't know how to act, but he was just being his typical nonchalant self. And every time we were together, it was amazing. But the in-between, I was so nervous and it took really about like, six months for us to fully ramp up into like a legit relationship. But once we like defined the boundaries, we've been really solid ever since. It's funny because I feel like when we talk about people who are slow to respond to texts or like not that quick to make plans, like we assume it's bad intent and we assume it's like, well, they're maybe they're not looking for something serious or sending mixed signals. And I remember us, I forget what, rooftop bar we were at but I'm sure you'll remember it guys Jamie remembers literally <laughs> everything like she actually probably knows more about the life that I've lived than I do I can confirm I do we were on this rooftop bar and I remember we were trying to figure out like what the hell was going on like if you had this plan or whatever it was and like we couldn't figure it out we're like there's no way this guy's like trying to be a player right now but it doesn't make sense it made no sense we were on I remember this because we were at, on my rooftop and we were just drinking um and I had I was I remember this really well actually I was freaking out because I had sent him a text and I thought it was like this really ballsy text that I had sent him where I was like um he he had plans with his roommate and the roommate was falling through and I was like well you should just ditch your roommate and have dinner with me instead and we had never gone to dinner before because I learned now something else to know is I'm like the slowest eater in the entire world. He's the quickest eater in the entire world. And he was really embarrassed at how fast he ate. Did he know that you were really no, slow? No, That's he didn't. so funny. And he didn't want to go to dinner because he was so embarrassed at how quickly he ate. Wait, I'm dying. <laughs> Which also is another thing where we see if people aren't making dinner plans, then yep. we like assume that that means something. I thought that I was like his booty call when there was no booty <laughs> called. Like he never asked me to dinner. And then so I was like, I asked him to dinner and and he didn't answer for like six hours. And so Alana and I, we start drinking and then we went to Kazunori and we oh got my God, rolls because I was like, he's not asking me to dinner. He's not going to come. I need to eat something. I want to correct you because Ooh. I'm so confident that we were at a rooftop bar and not on your. Ooh, we definitely went rooftop. to Kazu. 
Yes. And I think the rooftop bar was near Cosmo. Oh, fair. We then we've had well we've had many conversations with Steven not responding to text. So on rooftop bar. <laughs> on rooftop <laughs> bars. Rooftops with drinks in hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Actually, I th- I think you're right. And um we he ended up answering while we were at cause and he was like oh okay we can get dinner tonight it looks like you want to hang out with me and now i'm panicking because i'm like now he hates me and now he th- i'm embarrassed and yeah you're also yada. now eating now and i'm also now eating and the slowest in the entire world <laughs> is now eating a pregame for her dinner yeah. so now we're at this dinner and he scarf he also i learned later <laughs> That he also ate dinner before we went to dinner because he didn't want to eat too fast. So now we're like two of the slowest people eating on the world because we both had dinner before we got our first dinner. That is so funny. (laughs) And how many dates in was this? Do you remember? Um, At least five. At least five. Yeah. That is crazy to think about that. Like your first meal together wasn't for five dates. Yeah, he it was only drinks. Yeah. And it wasn't even like we were going back to apartments yet. Like it was, yeah, it was just, just very, drinks and then we'd go our separate ways. Like very formal. Yeah. Very and slow. Then, and yeah. I was freaking out. Because yeah. normally at this point it was like, I feel like standard in my previous dating was like third date you were getting a meal. What do you think kept you like holding on? I just knew that anytime I was with him, I would walk away and be like, oh my God, I'm going to marry this man. And then the in-between stages I was scared but then whenever we were together it felt very very natural and it was never like am I gonna see this guy again it was when are we gonna see each other again or like I was never concerned that whenever time we were hanging out it was the last one and so it just took really getting to know him and um it was also a learning experience for me because I'm I would consider myself a massive extrovert and he is a massive introvert. And so learning the different intricacies of the extrovert introvert relationship was hard for me. Is that something you hadn't experienced in the past? Yeah. I would say that I normally gravitated towards extroverts also because I was looking to have fun and um, I was looking to do exciting things. And I didn't think that an introvert would be able to kind of handle that or me or whatever and I I was wrong I was I was certainly wrong I mean it's very fun being with an introvert and learning about the new personality types of different people yeah I also think in in a sense it's almost seemingly easier to connect with an extrovert because they're extroverted yeah (laughs) instead of like giving somebody that time and space to come out of their shell to show you the different sides of their personality yeah definitely it's you you have to practice more patience but it was certainly worth you know, waiting. Yeah. At what point did this turn into from going on dates to into a relationship? Hmm. Well, um, our answers are different. So (laughs) (laughs) he, he didn't know that he had to ask me to be his girlfriend. So for many, many months I was waiting and waiting and waiting for him to like officially ask me. Um, So pure. So pure. So cute. Um, but eventually he had made a comment to me in so we met in March and in July he had made a comment to me that was like you know my sister-in-law has been waiting forever for me to get a girlfriend so we can do couple things and I looked at him and I said girlfriend and he was like Jamie (laughs) I'm meeting your parents next week like yeah you're my girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny how that happens because my situation with Jake was so similar like I was dying like jumping on my skin waiting for him to ask me to be his girlfriend yes we had established that we weren't like seeing other people 
But I was like, when is this kid going to ask me to be his girlfriend? And I finally brought it up. And he was like, I thought you were my girlfriend. Yeah. Like guys don't always think about it like that. They're like, well, I see. He was like, he was like, I thought you were joking when you said that, because first of all, I've been telling people I have a girlfriend and I'm yeah. like, well, that's really <laughs> that's awkward to me. Literally. I was like, I've been telling people I'm in the limbo stage because right. I thought you hated me because you haven't told me that I'm your girlfriend. Yeah. So why would I assume that we are in a relationship? Exactly. Even and then that's I remember, I, in the world. <laughs> I remember later on relation, I was like, you know, you have to be the one to ask me to marry you. Right. Like that's not like, <laughs> that's not a thing where you just assume that we're getting married. <laughs> and, and that followed too. And also took a little time. Oh, for sure. Sure. I was one of those girls that was um, not chill about getting the ring. I wanted I wanted to be engaged so bad. <laughs> it's OK. That's half of half of our species. Yeah. Um, OK. One thing that I want to talk about, because I do think this is something that we went through that obviously we've gotten past now and we've come out on top and Woo. we're both very happy about that. But um, this was something really difficult in our friendship. As Jamie mentioned in the beginning, she met her now fiance because he was friends with the person that I was dating. And that when things didn't work out with the person that I was dating, but things continued to work out with her and Steven, that was a bit of a situation. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to talk about it because I know we're not the only people who have gone through this. And I know that both sides of it are complicated and emotional and frustrating. And so just for anyone out there who is going through this now or has gone through it or, or may go through it or know someone who's going through it, like, it's something that I just think isn't talked about enough because people don't want to talk about it. But um, I know for me, it was really, really painful for me at first to talk to Jamie about my now ex as this breakup was happening because in a way I associated Jamie with him. Jamie and Jamie was a huge part of my relationship because we were, it was so fun. Like it was so much fun for us to be dating friends at the same time. And so for in the beginning, like I didn't want to go to Jamie for about it because a thinking of Jamie made me think of him. And B I also knew Jamie was now dating this new person who, what if I said something that she said to him that then got back to my ex. And so that was really, really tricky for me to navigate because it wasn't like, I don't want to talk to Jamie about this. It wasn't like Jamie's not a good friend to me. You're not there for me. Like you really tried so hard to be there for me. And I, I didn't know how to handle it because like I was scared and I was feeling all of these things. And we ended up like really like not speaking for the greater part of like two years. I feel like. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. 
Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code SEEINGOTHERPEOPLE. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Designed for For serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin-D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin-D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin-D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed 
bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused shoes. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Yeah, it was really hard for our friendship because um, just to give a little history of mine and Alana's relationship is we became friends her freshman year of college and my sophomore year of college, and it was now like seven or eight years into our friendship that this happened. And so it was really hard because I felt a lot of guilt in continuing this relationship, one that I had really high hopes for. And I know at the time, Alana also had high hopes in her relationship. And we, like she said, talked about, oh my God, we're going to go on so many couple vacations and we're going to go live in neighboring towns. Like, you know, we, we were like, we like planned our whole future literally together. Planned, and we were so excited. Right. Because, you know, we were best friends and they were best friends. Yeah. And it was like, what could be better than that? And then when it came to a halt, relatively unexpectedly and quickly and, and whatnot, it was, you know, I felt guilt containing my relationship. What was I supposed to do? You know, like there's always the chicks before dicks, but at the same time we were in a full blown relationship. Right. And so, and in no world was I like, yeah, Jamie should break up with him because of that. But also at the same time, that doesn't mean it didn't hurt me. Right. Knowing that what was happening, but, but for no fault of your own, like you didn't in that situation, like you meeting him and dating him, there was nothing wrong about that. Right. But it felt wrong. Yeah. Because I knew that in some way I was hurting one of my closest friends. And so it felt like I was doing something wrong. And I didn't know how to navigate that because I was really, I don't know if stubborn is the right word, but I was really like stuck in what I was doing because I was like, I can't, I was like, I'm not going to break up with him, but I also am trying to be there for her, but I can see that I'm hurting her. You know, there was this huge tug of war with, our emotions to each other and it was it was really complicated and it was tough and we didn't really have the right words to use to express how we felt to each other which made it harder like we're both feeling all these things we're both feeling sad like neither of us wanted our friendship to like be in shambles over this but we were both we were both really hurting so like we didn't talk about it and it felt and you know while Alana was going through a big heartbreak in her relationship we both were going through a friendship breakup, it felt like. Yeah. And I've like said this to people before where like friendship breakups can be harder than relationship breakups. You know, Alana was someone that I went to for everything. We would like attached at the hip. And then it was like all of a sudden I'm really upset about not speaking, but I'm also really happy in my relationship. And it sucked. Yeah. It really sucked. Also, like we had this dynamic prior to meeting these two guys where like we were like really in it together in our singlehood. Like we were on a mission to like find our people. (laughs) Like we were really the people we would, who would be like the first phone call after a date, whether it was good or bad or funny or horrible or ended in tears or like the craziest thing happened. So like that added another layer of, well, now we went in very opposite directions on this path. Totally. And it was like, uh, you know, just as a sidebar, but Alana and I both had very similar views when we were, you know, out on the dating apps and going out with with different guys is we were excited about it. You know, like I have a lot of friends who dread going on dates and are like, ugh, like now I have to book another. I'm just going for Hinge again. I have to do, do whatever. 
And for us, like, we were like, ooh, got another date this week. Like, it was always exciting. And we looked at it. You know, there was two outcomes to a date. You either have a good time and you go on a second date or you have a bad time and you have a funny story. And that was our outlook completely on it. Yeah, we we had a lot of fun with it because we were doing it together. Yeah, definitely. I, I look back on my dating days as like really, really fond memories. Yeah. Do you ever look back on our spreadsheet? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of I made. I actually did recently. I have a funny story about that, that I don't know if I told you. Um, Alana and I had made a spreadsheet because we were dating. This sounds like a little bad, but we were dating a lot of people at once, you know, just like testing the waters. I mean, listen, listen, we, we were trying to find love. Yeah. Like we were genuinely trying to find love. And sometimes you have to go on a lot of dates to do that. Yeah. And as many people can relate to when you're going on a lot of dates or your friend is going on a lot of dates, it's hard to keep track, not for yourself, but for your friend. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm keeping track of the people I'm going on dates with. I know all their names and their stories. But when I reference like Brad to Jamie versus two different Ben's and a Bob, like Jamie doesn't know the difference between Brad, Ben, Ben and Bob. Totally. And so I'm actually <laughs> going to pull up the sheet. Um, so we like named them. We had a columns like name how they like I how we met it. them. Okay, it's that was called quiet. Jamie and Alana are insane. That's the, that's the title. Accurate title. Accurate title. Jamie and Alana are insane, but boys love us anyway. And they did not. They did not. But that's what the the doc says. So the categories are boy, the last date that we had, a rating, and our elevator pitch. So that's how we would describe it to each other. So which is very practical. Yeah, the weird texture, crazy and boring, and has no social skills. Um, <laughs> and we also had a tab at the bottom titled for rejections because we were never into the ghosting we would have our nice rejection text damn straight and so i had a friend reach out to me recently and you know um this is a a coworker friend of mine who i love very dearly but she asked me to write her emails a lot because she likes how i write to people People. whatever so she asked me for help in rejecting this person and so i said you know what i have a google doc for that (laughs) And so I went to everybody should exactly everybody should have this inquire if you want it. Um, But so I had went to send her um, this anti-rejection text and I um, she has the same name as my future mother-in-law. Oh, my God. And so. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So I screenshot a rejection text that I sent. Thank goodness there was a date in there because it dated back to like 2019 or 2018 or something like that. You screenshot it instead of copy and pasted it. Mm -hmm. So I screenshotted this and I sent it to my future mother-in-law and it's me breaking up with a random guy. And I'm dead. <laughs> it was like mortifying. And I called her right away. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That was like sending it to my friend. I'm not breaking up with your son. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But Imagine. It was really embarrassing. That but... is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> oops. Sorry. Big oops. Um, I want to get into more funny stories because I know you have a lot of funny <laughs> date stories. Before we do that, I want to just go back to the conversation mm. um, just to give some like actionable advice to anyone who's dealing with that like friendship related someone's dating somebody they met through your friend like I know a lot I get all the time like oh like my best friend is dating somebody and I'm really into their roommate like Mm. is this not a good idea and I'm like you just have to proceed with caution because there are multiple outcomes of the situation one it works out for everybody two it works out for nobody three it works out for you and not for your best friend and their current partner four it works out for them and not you. 
And it's like, can you handle that? If so, like, do you know how you're going to handle that? And making sure you're having those conversations and and really thinking about those possible outcomes. So I kind of just want to come up with, you know, for anyone who is going through it, like, is there anything that you had wished I had said or did during that time that would have helped you with this? Um, I think the transparency and that like I didn't do anything wrong might have helped me a little bit more because I thought that you were mad at me for staying in that relationship. And, you know, we had, you know, because it was so awkward in the beginning and um, we were trying to like navigate, you know, your breakup, my staying together, our friendship, etc. It was like, I didn't know where we stood and I didn't know that you still loved me. You just needed like a break. I thought it was like we were done. Yeah. Yeah. Is there something as, you know, my situation that would have helped you? No, I mean, I think, I think it was on me to say like, Hey, I love you, but I need space because when I think of you, I think of him. Right. And I'm not mad at you for staying with him. Like I'm happy for you. It's just really hard for me right now. So like, let's take a breather. Yeah. I think that would have solved so much and like really just alleviated like months, if not years of. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, I think that like it was just. Yeah, I think that like it's it's nice. First of all, it's nice to talk about it now because I feel like Alana and I actually haven't, you know, sat down and discussed this in a bunch of years now. And it's nice to kind of reopen this and. I feel like wounds are closing a little bit. Um, But it's like nice to know that your friend still loves and appreciates you and cares for you. And, you know, it was it wasn't like we had issues with each other's personalities or anything like that. It was just the situation was really shitty. Yeah. And I think not talking about it made it spiral into something that it did not need to become. Yeah. Because it's also we were in the same friend group. Yeah. And it made, you know, it was weird. Yeah. I do think it is in a way on the person who... It's it's on the, the friend who's not hurting to like not hurting in the way of like getting their heart mm-hmm. broken from a breakup to like try and show up for the hurting friend. But it's also on the hurting friend to express like how what you need because you didn't know that what I needed was space. Right. And I think I I think me telling you that or the thought of me telling you that that felt mean, but that is what I needed. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Right. And I think we need to normalize that. Yeah. Because something that 
you need right now isn't a personal attack against me. Not at it's all. just what you need. And, yeah. you know, a, a lot of things like, you know, sometimes um, just when dealing with conflict in other people, you, you know, we learned our whole lives do unto others as you want done unto you. And that's not the case. Like just because your love language is quality time, clearly that's not what you needed right now. Right. And that's what maybe I would have needed, but I can't give you what I would have needed because we're not the same person. Exactly. And we don't know how each other's feeling in a certain moment. Right. Yeah. So I, I think even though those conversations are hard to have and they're scary to have, especially when you're feeling hurt, especially when you don't know which way is up, like you can only benefit from communicating and communicating with each other and not over text, but on the phone, on FaceTime, like yeah. in person where things aren't going to get misconstrued. Things aren't going to get screenshotted, sent to a whole group chat of 10 people and dissected and then have that mm-hmm. whole group chat of 10 people decide, oh, here's what you should say back. Yeah. And then it's not actually even coming from you or your heart. So like right. have those conversations, have them in person. Totally. And then that's what we ended up doing Yeah, is we went for a walk and we brought our dogs and, yeah. <laughs> and we hashed it out. Yeah. Just a lot later. A lot later. Like, but better late than never. Like because- a lot later. <laughs> A lot later. A year later. It was a year later. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't speak for like a year, which was, it sucked. Really sad. It was sad. And sometimes that's what needs to happen because I feel like with that breakup was like, you needed that time to heal. It wasn't a breakup that you were over in a day. You know, you needed that time and that's okay. Everybody needs their time. And then I'm sure there was a time frame in there where it was like, is it too late to reach out? And, you know, I'd like to say to people, it's really never too late. late. It's just never too late because, you know, everybody has those best friends in their lives when they go and a year without talking and then they get lunch and pick up where nothing happened. Yeah. And it's really never too late. It's never too late. I tell, tell myself that with the emails that I didn't respond to that now I feel like it's awkwardly too late, but I should respond never because it's never too late. Well, Jake followed up on Hinge. It's Jake never followed too up late. on Hinge. It's never too late. Okay. Zooming into the fun stuff. Fun stuff. Jamie, I know you've had some good, bad, ugly, wild, ridiculous dates. Oh, yeah. Let's start with the park. Oh, goodness. The park. Well, unlike Steven, this was a first date dinner date. So the first date was a dinner. And if you're from Manhattan, it was across from, oh, what's that park called in the Lower East Side? Tompkins. Yes, Tompkins Square Park. Park. So, you know, I, while I am someone who you know, stands firm on my two feet. I also can be persuaded into doing stupid things sometimes. And the guy after dinner said like, oh, let's go have ice cream and eat it in the park. Which isn't stupid. It was 10 o'clock at night. That is kind of a creepy park. It was really, it's a really creepy park. And I feel like like Washington Square Park would be like the only like acceptable park to do that in. I agree. Or maybe even Carl Schultz. Carl Schultz, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, not this one. This one is like really dark, no lights, just a couple benches like it's not a cute park it's just a lot of homeless people around there. well yes there's a lot of homeless people around there and yeah foreshadowing but so uh my better judgment said don't go and he said no it's fine I'll protect you no big deal and I was like okay fine (laughs) so we go to the park and we're sitting on a bench and we're just like talking and um you know my guard was definitely up a little bit because I was uncomfortable but you know he was a nice guy whatever it had nothing to do with my date to be honest at this point but so then um a homeless guy or a perceivingly homeless person walked past us and said get a room what are you homeless and you know 
I didn't respond. I would not advise other people to respond. But my date, however, my date was not taught by his parents not to respond to strangers. And he um, said, no, but you clearly are. Sure. Normal. Okay. Thanks. Uh, So then the homeless, perceivedly homeless person starts walking back, hands in his pockets, charging towards us and goes, you do not want to mess with me. Give me your wallet. Again, I'm taught to give him everything because everything is replaceable except your life. My date said, no, I'm not giving you my wallet. Um, I'm panicking, by the way. Absolutely panicking. And my date's like, I'm not going to give you my wallet. He's like, you don't want to mess with me. Like, you don't want to mess with me. And his hands are in his pockets. So I'm thinking he has like a knife or, or something, you know, whatever. So my date picks up our stuff and starts like backtracking. I was like, we're just going to leave, bro. Like, we're, we're just going to leave. Like, we're not causing any trouble whatever so then we turn around we sprint out thank goodness we were okay everything was fine but as we're walking out my date then goes i probably should just give my wallet i only have seven bucks in there oh my god (laughs) like wow thank you for risking my life for your seven dollars who started this off with i'll protect you yeah i'll protect i mean technically he did protect me um we went on one other like coffee date after that in broad daylight and I just I couldn't recover. I, I couldn't see past the the interaction. We it, we there was no future for us. Because like after that, it's like what's gonna happen if you're actually ever in real danger? Which may, you may have been. Yeah, we don't know. Like I may have been. You were. I felt like I honest to God, I really felt like I was in a huge amount of danger. Like yeah. I was I really scared. I was really really scared. At night, you probably had a drink or two in you too. Yeah, you're I with did. this person who you just met. Yeah. Also, I mean, and, and we never thought of this until now, but for all we know, they could have been in cahoots. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, we don't know who we're meeting on these dates. That's so true. And this was one of my first dates, too. So I uh, like this was probably like September and I started going on dates in August. Like it was really one of my first dates. And um, yeah, that was wild. I, I haven't heard from that guy since. I wonder, wonder what he's up to today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I remember I I could text him. I'm not going we don't, to. We don't need to. I'm not going to. We don't need to. Do you remember any funny, embarrassing dating stories about me that might not be at the top of my mind? Oh, interesting. Wow. Um, I feel like there were a lot of um, like you would meet people. It wasn't always on an app, but you would meet people like really random places and be like, yeah, I'm going to go on a date with this guy. And I'm like, all right, like get a girl. But it was like, and then you just become best friends with them. It wasn't even like always a romantic connection, but the amount of friends that you made while dating is just not normal. (laughs) (laughs) The, The problem about it was these were all people that I genuinely liked and wanted to be with, but they wanted to be just friends. So I was like, okay, we'll be friends. Yeah. Sure. Cool. But then you like became like you're really really close with some people that you went on dates with yeah you started a podcast with one of them yeah (laughs) that is very true (laughs) it was crazy i mean i'm i can't think of like a specific horrible date that you went on that turned out to be a funny story off the top of my head i'm sure it'll come i feel like i didn't have that many like horrible i didn't have any traumatic dating experiences and i feel grateful for that yeah because i mean i wouldn't have bounced back well (laughs) no i mean it's tough like i i I think i took a little break after my park incident maybe like a week break um (laughs) but like people are weird i had a guy 
kind of catfish me, I guess you could say. Like he told me that he lived in the East Village and he was five six. I'm five two, by the way. And you know, when we showed up on our date, I was taller than him. And he told me that he lived in Connecticut in some random family's home because their kid went off to college and he was renting the college kid's room. Um, that was weird. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. First of all, you're five two. Yeah. For somebody to be under five two but say that they're five six. Yeah. I understand the whole like inch or two little white lie because we as as women now know to expect it. Right. But that's a big difference. I was fully taller than him. And and let me tell you, like I have dated guys who are five foot four. Like height really does not bother me at all. Like I'm all about a short king, but like I would like it was the lie that bothered me. Yeah, it was fully the I mean, the lie about where he lived, what he did. Like, you know, he lied about everything. Yeah. And then he made me pay the bill. Oof. Yeah. I, that's one thing. Like you can't bounce back from lying on your profile, lying in the early conversation, because unless somebody's an absolute idiot and I apologize to any of you absolute idiots listening, <laughs> but unless somebody's an absolute idiot, if you find out that the person you're on a date with has already lied about who they are, where they're from, what they do, whatever, and like whatever it is beyond just like an inch or two yeah. on the first date. What are you, why would you ever continue things with this person? You're building your relationship off of a lie. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, like I understand putting in the city if you're about to move into the city in like two weeks or something like that. But it yeah. was very clear that he knew that if he told the truth, he wouldn't have gotten a date. Yeah. And that was why, um, you know what? Maybe that was also a first date dinner date. Maybe the first date dinner dates are red flags. Maybe. Maybe maybe waiting till the sixth date for yeah, dinner. It worked. No, but also I think it's okay. Listen, like I get it. Sometimes you live in a town that's like a half hour away from a city, but there's really nobody on the apps in your town. If you want to put that you're in the city because you're willing to go to the city all the time and you want to have those options of like being dateable to people in the city based on the actual filters of the app. Sure, that's fine. Put if you like you can live in Stamford, Connecticut, but put Manhattan just so people are you're an option to people. But then write on your profile or say in the first conversation, oh, I actually live in Stamford, but I come to the city all the time. And like, yeah, I don't want to feel limited just because I live in not New York City when like a lot of my life is spent in the city and I have no problem like coming to the city a few times a week for to see you. Yeah. And like, that's and, then, and it's on them to go in and make that effort because yeah. you signed up to date in your city and yeah. they signed up to make that extra. Yeah. Just travel. be honest. Just, Just be, be honest. honest. Just be honest. Honesty is the best policy. Is there anything in hindsight now that you're like four years removed from your singlehood? Mm. Is there anything you wish you did differently when you were single? I think I got caught up in like the rules of dating a little too much. Like don't do this on a first date. Don't do this on a third date. Like stuff like that where um, I think you can really mess with your own head in that. You know, the right person's going to like you for who you are. And I understand like, um, you know, the, the texting can get really complicated because you're supposed to let the guy text first, yada, yada, yada. It's just like, I think that if I was to do it again, oh, what I would really not do again is like go into each day planning my future. I think I did that a ton. <laughs> we tried on a lot of last we names. Yeah, I definitely tried on a lot of last names. But I think I would also like not go on dates with people because I didn't 
like there was like one quality that I was like, oh, well, they um, I don't want to sound shallow, but like I was like, oh, well, you know, they live in this part of the city. They must be a little douchey. Right. And it's like, OK, that's ridiculous. You yeah. know, like anybody can live in any part of the city. And um, like, who knows if I had seen Steven on an app, like, would I have swiped right? Like, I think that people, your vibes are totally different um, on an app versus in person. So I would just say to give more of a chance to people that you may not think could be your type or that you may not think will be a certain way because you just never know how someone actually is going to be. Yeah. 1000%. And going off of what you said in the beginning, like you gave, maybe I like gave into the rules a little too much. It sounds like had you followed rules or the rules with Steven, you guys wouldn't have made it past like the second date. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. He was like our texting conversation. Our banter was always really, really great. But I would be the one. I was the one who would ask him for plans. And I was the one who'd be like, well, I haven't seen you in a bit. Like, let's make a plan. Or we were only seeing each other like once a week. And I said to him, I go, hey, in order for me to feel confident in this or like whatever this is, like, I want to see you more times a week. And I was told, don't do that. Don't ask the boy. Like, don't don't do that. Don't put pressure on him. And it's like, he's the kind of guy, love him to death. He needs that extra push sometimes. He needed that extra push with like getting engaged. Right. Like, <laughs> It's just one of those things where it's not like a bad thing. He just sometimes like needed me to tell him what I needed because A, he'd never been in a relationship before and B, he is that like introverted guy where he doesn't always make the initial plans with people. He likes when people make the plans with him and I don't care. I'm happy to make plans with people. I text people all the time. Haven't seen you in a while. Let's go get lunch. And I follow through on that plan, yeah. you know? And so I did that with my dating and it worked. And see, he's not a mind reader. Nobody not, is. Nobody's a mind reader. Nobody knows how much you want them to text or that you feel sick of making all the plans and you really want them to take the initiative and make the plans. They don't know that. I got a question the other day that things have been going well with this person. They're like five or six dates in, but this girl has made every single plan. And she's like, should I be concerned that he hasn't made any plans? Like maybe no. is he really not interested? I'm like, don't be concerned, but definitely have that conversation. Yeah, I because asked him. He might think that you love planning. Right. And I and I actually I remember I asked Steven that. I said, you know, do you I was like, is it okay that I'm the one making the plans? Does that bother you or do you like that? And he said, No, I like that. I appreciate that. It's a it's a welcoming change of pace yeah he didn't like making the plans it made him uncomfortable he was like what he th was so in his head am I picking the wrong bar yada 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 where it was like you know I didn't care what bar we were going to I just wanted to hang out right exactly and you just have to ask just ask what's the worst that could happen and if they say no like if, if he for some reason didn't like that you texted him to see him then it wouldn't have gone anywhere but like it would have over me yeah but it, it wouldn't it would have ended but guess what? If you had also not texted him to try and make plans, it also would have ended. hundred percent. I, I think that if I wasn't more forthcoming yeah. with our planning, then we wouldn't have made those plans and who knows where we'd be. And we're very happy together. Yeah. So you got to just go with your gut and genuinely do what feels right for you. That's yeah. literally all that matters. And that's all you can do. Yeah. And everybody's different. Yeah. You got to respect that people are different. It's hard when, like we were saying before, it's hard when you're treating people how you want to be treated and they just need different things from you yeah exactly okay jamie before i let you go i'm gonna pop the big question oh what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you have ever received um hmm i think the best piece of dating 
advice I've ever gotten is probably just to like not apologize for being yourself and to just kind of like you're going to my mom always told me you get more flies with honey than vinegar. So it's like if you just like exude the sweetness in you or whatever, um, like you're going to attract the right kind of people. So I've never that. heard that before. Go she Debbie. Says it like every day. I love that. <laughs> oh, I really like that. Yeah. So just like be sweet to people and the right people are going to get attracted to you. I love that. And you never know who you're, who you're going to meet or where you're going to meet or how you're going to meet. You know, if you had told me before going to that karaoke bar that I was going to walk away with my husband, um, I, I literally told a lot. I was like, I'm not going. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. She was like, you're coming. You're my fun friend. You have to come. <laughs> literally. And <laughs> the best thing about that night is we went back a few months ago and Jamie asked if I had any pictures from that night as she was making her wedding website. And I looked, I was able to like find the date in my phone. I was able to find all the pictures and videos I had from that night. I didn't have any. And I was like, you know what? I snap storied a lot at that point in my life. (laughs) And so I went into my Snapchat archives and actually found a video of them singing together (laughs) and was able to take like the most amazing screenshot. And now they have that. Like it's unreal. And it's on our wedding website. (laughs) Yeah. Unreal. So go to karaoke with friends. Say yes to the plans. Yeah, say yes to the plan. Always say yes to the plan because you never know. I mean, even if you're really tired, you need a night in. That's okay. You can have a night in. But like, just try know. it. Just go. You never know. Whatever. You can leave early if you're not having fun. Exactly. You can always leave early. Yes. We Jimmy, love thank an Irish you so much exit. for being here. Thank love you for you. having me. Love proud you. of us. I am proud of us. Proud of us. We made it through. <laughs> All right, you guys. Please, please, please send this to a friend who would benefit from hearing it. Share it on your story if you love it. Send it to the group chat. You never know who needs to hear something that we said in today's episode. So thank you guys so much for listening and love you all. See you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!